to Around the Outside, the podcast full of Formula 1 fanatic with me, Chris Moss and JP. Hello, thank you for stopping by and listening to the podcast. Don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss a new episode we put together. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search Around the Outside podcast on Facebook and we're at ATO podcast underscore on Twitter and Instagram. So in this episode of the podcast, we'll take a look at a possible rain-soaked weekend in Sochi, round up at the latest news and gossip off the track. But first, let's relive something of a sensational weekend for the Papaya Army at McLaren and not so much for our championship contenders with the Italian Grand Prix. Let's go back two weeks then to the Italian Grand Prix around the legendary Monza circuit. And it was something of, well, a very dramatic race. We had the two championship protagonists colliding, coming together, both botched pit stops for Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, not so much as a botched pit stop for Red Bull, um, coming together out of out of the pit lane. And, well, Max Verstappen ended up on top of Lewis Hamilton and if it wasn't for the halo Lewis Hamilton might not be here so it was really scary accident but also whatever side of the fence you sit on you might say it was a bit reckless or you might say that it wasn't sporting and someone didn't give enough space to one another what was your take on on the incident we've seen a lot of opinions haven't we Chris I I tend to go with the whole 50-50 they could have done more approach Uh, for me I think you have to look back at what happened on lap one between them um they were again side by side. Uh, Lewis backed out, went over the curbs, and took back the position behind Max. Lewis was ahead going into the corner. I feel Max he knew that the gap was always going to close. He, he the curb was going to always do some sort of damage to his car, whether it be a broken suspension or you know just send him flying. It was a risk that Max really didn't need to take. He could have just backed out and done what Leclerc did. Um, and just gone over the curbs. So I feel the stewards got the decision right. I feel Max was predominantly at fault for the incident. So, yeah, free place grid penalty incoming for this weekend at Russia. But, you know, both of them live on. Both of them live on to tell the tale. That's the most important thing out of that. We'll come on to, obviously, mention when we were Sochi, but the three grace p- grid penalty there. Red Bull sort of taking the opportunity to use that and just change the whole engine on the car, but we'll mention more about that uh, later on. Uh, I find it interesting that you feel that Max is totally to blame. Do you feel like Lewis had no part to play in that, kind of moving across to the apex, and even though Max seemed like he had the right to be there? I mean, he had a car alongside, but you got to turn into the corner at some point, and I feel like... I, I, I disagree with how Damon approached it originally when he said that he felt it was very much he was always just going to go straight hitting for Lewis. But I feel like in the heat of the moment, Max should have realised that, you know, he had warmer tyres for one because Lewis had only just come out of the pits. You know, he stayed with Valtteri in the uh, sprint race so he can clearly stay with Lewis in the race. Why risk knocking yourself out along with Lewis? You know, you could just follow and grab a load of points. At the end of the day, they've now both not finished a race, potentially for a little bit of hot-headedness. You don't think there's any intention by Max Verstappen, do you? Because there's been a couple of people saying, well, it could have been 
calculated. A bit like sort of Rosberg thing in qualifying in Monaco when Hamilton was on a fast lap. I think that was 2016 um, that year. I, I don't it? think that it was thing. calculated. Mm. Um, I just feel it was just a bit reckless, personally. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've seen it before. You know, a lot of people agree. Well, think that Lewis was the same for Silverstone. Um, so again, people are very much allowed to have their opinions. It'll be interesting to know what you guys think about the incident as well. Um, but for me, I just feel Max could have just backed out. We saw Lewis back out many times throughout the season. You know, we saw it in the first chicane at Imola. We've seen it uh, in the first lap at Monza. We've seen it a couple of other places mm. as well where Lewis has backed out. Silverstone. A couple of times at Silverstone. We saw it at um, Barcelona in the first corner. Lewis always seems to be the one that backs out. Max doesn't. Um, I feel that potentially that's one of the reasons why Max is in the lead of the championship is that Max is very cutthroat and ruthless, which is, you know, what we want to see, but not at the expense of collisions where they're taking each other out. We'd rather see him race. Yeah. Finally on that, if you think the sausage curb hadn't been there, massive orange curbs at these at these turns, which is obviously discouraging cutting corners and, you know, not having any penalty for it. Do you think the outcome would have been a lot different and we'd be looking at this a bit differently? Um, potentially. Um, I don't think Max would have got as much airtime. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but, you know, I think the angle that Max was at and the the, the turning that Lewis was already going to, because he was already turning in for the corner, I, I, I still think there would, be, there would have been a collision where either he would have gone into the sidepod of the Mercedes or... Or potentially gone into like the rear suspension. And that would have hurt the radiator or the yeah, all the structure so of the car. I, I still feel that there was always going to be a collision there, which is why I think the stewards gave the penalty they did. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I think the sausage curve definitely didn't help the outcome of what actually did happen with yeah, you know, the Red Bull being on top of Lewis Hamilton's head. Mm, yeah, which was very scary, and we're so glad that you know the halo exists because if it hadn't, it could have been a lot worse. It did actually hit the top of his head slightly but nowhere near as probably as much as the weight that it could have done so um we're thankful in that sense but uh, okay that's enough on the championship protagonists um of course that we have to have to mention each week because it's uh, it's the most or one of the most exciting parts of of the of what happened at the grand prix and in this whole title fight that we're following this year it's one of the closest we've had in a while let's move on to hamilton's teammate bottas who since signing the alfa romeo contract had the pressure lifted all off his shoulders. He seems to be this new person. And as you've said to me before, we came on and recorded this, Bottas 3.0. <laughs> yeah, we've had Bottas in 2017, Bottas 1.5 in 2018, <laughs> Bottas 2.0 in 2019, <laughs> Bottas 0.5 in 2020. <laughs> and we've got Bottas 3.0 for the second half of the 2021 season. Mm. And do you, um, where do you think this... This form has come from. Do you think it is that the pressure's off? Do you think it's simply a matter of that, or yeah, he's kind of wants to finish on a good on a good note? He he's got nothing left to lose. Like he's got a seat. He knows he's driving next year. Mm. That's something he didn't know before. You know, Silverstone, for instance. But now the sign is it's all out there. He knows where he's going. He's got a multi-year deal, which is what he wanted as well. You know, he can just do what he wants. You know. He didn't need to play the team game in in Italy for the fact that no, Hamilton wasn't in the race to for him Which to helped. do anything. Um, but you know, he he can just do what he can, get as many results as he can. I mean, he won even though the sprint race doesn't technically count as a Grand Prix win. No, as his first race victory 
since 2020 at some point. I think probably Russia, when he won, won last year at Russia. And he genuinely looked like he had had the pace, but of course we knew yeah. that he was starting from uh, the back of the grid to take yeah, the engine he, penalty. But so he was able to Grand pass Prix. cars where we, we see a Lewis. Yeah. You know, he was struggling to get past the McLarens. Mm. Yeah. So uh, that, that new engine very much helped Valtteri. Um, but yeah, we, we'll, see, we'll see obviously this weekend on a practice one and two that we have had um, so far this weekend. Again, he seems to be on that monster level of form yeah and everyone keeps using that meme where he was being interviewed um yeah <laughs> was it in was it in spa or no it, it, it was after the italian grand prix. after the italian after the italian grand prix and uh, oh yeah and he was shown the instant between max and lewis and yeah. just did that face everyone's memeing that now and like if bottas yeah. keeps going with his form he should <laughs> be looking back at like no crashes or Hamilton in P three or whatever is quite. It's I mean, quite I good. saw I saw someone make a comment saying if Hamilton and Verstappen take each other out of every single race, <laughs> Valtteri wins them all. Valtteri would be world champion. He would. Yeah. I mean, stranger things have happened. Um, but anyway, you you're mentioning McLaren there and how Hamilton couldn't pass them. That's because they were on fine form this mm. weekend. Well, what of the I say the Italian Grand Prix a couple of weekends ago, and that's because Ricardo happened to win the race. For the first since 2012, almost yes, Jensen Button, 10 years. Brazil. Yeah, Jensen Button, Brazil, which I believe he finished under the safety car. Uh, and and Ian Vettel. It's been, it's been nine years since then. Yeah, and Vettel won, uh, Vettel won his world championship ahead of Alonso that year. Uh, what season that was. But yeah, first, first win for them. And Ricardo back up where a lot of people would arguably say he belongs. So what did you make of it? Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic result for McLaren. I don't think... Um, there was any fan that wasn't happy to see the result that we had. Mm. Um, you know, first win under Papaya for well many years. I'm sure uh, we we can get some data on that from Sarah uh, as to. <laughs> I'm a Claren super when, fan, former guest. Yes, uh, as to when or if they ever won under Papaya before, uh, but the this result has been coming for them. I mean, mm. we had, you know. Numerous podiums so far for Lando. He's challenging third in the drivers. Um, obviously finished ahead of both Faltry and Sergio. Yeah, very consistent. In, in and Grand Prix. McLaren's first one-two since Canada 2010. Now we're yeah. going back even further for that, which is quite hard to believe, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's incredible um, to have this kind of, you know... It's almost like as if had such a long time well it's been a long time yeah but, you know it just that it's taken believe it's been so long that a team like mclaren yeah a team so dominant in the 90s in the 80s even in like the early 2000s up until arguably t- 2009 they had a ma- massive blip when braun and red bull turned yeah. up got back on it a little bit towards you know the red bull domination years but then with this hybrid era Apart from a, a, a second and a third place in the Australian Grand Prix, right at the beginning of that, twenty fourteen, mm. they've been very much nowhere. Well, we were going to say, um, I was going to say, like we were talking with Sarah about this on previous episodes. Uh, I think it was on our fifth episode. If you want to go back and and listen to that, you can listen back to all the episodes we've done here on Around the Outside. Um, and we were talking sort of before the season started, weren't we? Just how McLaren were making progress, but just you would never have ever imagined them getting back up to the top of the grid 
so soon after it's being so low with the Honda engines and all the saga we went through with that. So it's actually, it feels really, I think, fulfilling, doesn't it, to see them back where they are and, and in one two as well. Yeah, I mean, it was only five years ago when we had Fernando Alonso say GP2 engine. <laughs> and, yeah, and to go from GP2 engine to now winning a race, a 1-2, and finishing ahead of Fernando Alonso in said race, <laughs> um, you know, it's... Didn't see that coming, you know, did you, Fernando? No, you didn't. Mm, in your the, face. The, transform, the transformation of, of this team, you know, Zach Brown. Yeah, um, Andre Seidel. Andre Seidel, you know. And they've got the drivers as well, you know. They brought Ricardo in because he had race-winning mentality. Yeah, he's got them that win. I'm sure they had a bet as well. They would be driving Dale Earnhardt's. Yeah, and he's won it because he's won so, the race. <laughs> so you know, I think you know, it's probably better than a tattoo unless it crashes. <laughs> Zach Brown would be probably heartbroken. <laughs> um, but yeah, and say Lando again, best ever result would have mm. won the race if his teammate weren't there. <laughs> Well, yeah, he you know. uh, Lando again probably could have pushed for the for P one, but uh, was it was a great team player, and you know yeah. we he probably will be a great team player for this season. Whether that will transfer into next season and they start to become more competitive, mm, that would be interesting to see. But uh, I mean, we, the banter is well and truly there between them. We saw uh, in the last couple of days uh, Norris posting a tweet, or basically, what did you call it earlier? Traping. I've not heard that a before. Trape. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like a frape, which was but with Twitter. Facebook. Yeah, uh, basically, it's, it's Twitter. basically tweeting um, um, with Daniel Ricardo and yeah, basically taking the mic out of him, saying that uh, Ricardo's got the biggest cajones ever or cajones, something like that. <laughs> it was quite funny, and then everyone was like, "Why is Daniel Ricardo tweeting this about his teammate?" And then, lo and behold big grin smiling face under the chin photo from Lando Norris <laughs> uh, explaining everything so that was quite funny but um, however long that banter will last we'll see we'll, we never know um, moving on to another Brit now though and, and success for him and of course just being confirmed at Mercedes for next year at 20, for 2022 alongside Lewis Hamilton what a pairing that's going to be George Russell in the points for the third time in four races if we have Zanvoort as the exception for that um yeah, another great performance, just showing his class again. Yeah, George Russell doing George Russell things. I mean, just about squeaked through into Q2 in mm. Italy um, after Yuki Tsunoda had his lap time deleted. And um, yeah, didn't seem to be on the pace, but, you know, George Russell, Mr. Saturday, turned out to be Mr. Friday, um, is, is now turning into Mr. Sunday. He's Mr. Everything. He just he just can't uh, he can't stay away from. Well, you say he's brilliant. Mr. Everything. I think Sebastian Vettel will take high exception to that. That's that's true. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Stewart, Mr. Race Director, Mr. Fire Extinguisher Man, Mr. Uh, race Engineer. Yes, Litter Picker. Litter Picker. Everything. Yes, that's very true. Um, and quickly on Sonoda, lots of people are thinking like if he carries on the way he is, that he won't have a drive next year. Obviously, he's been confirmed for. Um, for 2022 but into 2023 like if it doesn't sort of carry on I've, I've seen a bit of criticism banning around from him at the moment and I think a lot of people have been particularly saying that he's very very keen and has been like going in with a lot of ambition but just kind of needs to rein it in a little bit to stop these mistakes and sort of just take stock a bit do you do you kind of go along with that I think you know he's a young driver he's I don't think he's found his feet yet. No. Um, it's going to be quite difficult. Pierre Gasly, once again, having a sensational season mm. um, with Alfa Tauri. 
it's gonna you know we've we've seen it before where some drivers just take a little time to warm up i mean i mean some of the greats you know we saw max you know in his first season he, he was having a great season as a rookie made lots of mistakes though but he still you know he he shone out for sure Michael Schumacher, you know, in his first couple of seasons, you know, won Grand Prix. I mean, in his third season in Formula One, he won the championship. You know, we, we've seen it where it takes time to to build up. I mean, Jensen Button, he, he, he didn't get a race win until, you know, his fifth or sixth season and then had nothing again until Braun. So it does take time to get there, you know, whether he will eventually get to where Red Bull need him to get that's a different matter but we see Red Bull very cutthroat um, and it wouldn't surprise me if in time they you know pull the plug on his well, career well we've got Albon now positioned at Williams but they're always said that they're open to reconnecting with him later on down the line mm. so there's always another option there but Albon of course faced the same kind of barriers as, as Gasly arguably did so um, yeah, interesting to see that. But yeah, just thought a quick thought on Snowden because I remember people talking about that in the last couple of weeks. Um, and of course, we were talking about Mercedes, but they now have got the advantage in the constructors following that podium for Bottas, who started last. So a really good performance from them. He he climbed up two third after a five second penalty for um, for Perez, who would have been in third place, which demoted him to fifth and Charles Leclerc in fourth. So Bottas finishing on the podium, that was really impressive. But with all of that at the end of the Italian Grand Prix, Max is still five points ahead in the drivers' championship following the sprint race. And it's just still to play for. And it's it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Do you think Max would have been bothered by the incident and how the weekend turned out to conclude? I think out of the two, there's only going to be one happier driver and it's not going to be Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because Hamilton was, was definitely, well, within the shout, wasn't he? He was at least going to be he had in the, the pace, mix for, for sure. second, third. Yeah. Um, all right, that was all of the Italian Grand Prix. Um, we have quite a bit of news and gossip to catch up with over the last couple of weeks, so let's get into it. So, Haas have announced that they are retaining both Mick Schumacher and Nikita Mazepin for 2022, citing continuity with major factor of keeping the pair. Going into next year's regulations and shake-up, you know, two young drivers uh, keen to improve on what has been a very lacklustre performance for this year. Gunter Steiner believes that they are the right pair to guide the team forward and is expecting to be able to give them a competitive package for next season and beyond. Mazepin and Schumacher also bring wealth and finance to the team, with Mazepin's billionaire father Dimitri fronting most of the team's sponsorship, and Schumacher also bringing in money through a German sponsor, Deutsche Vermögensberatung. Vermögensberatung. It's basically it translates as German wealth advisors, quite simply. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen on Michael Schumacher and Mick Schumacher's caps. Yes. Yes. Um, and also his then links obviously to the Ferrari Driver Academy team's power unit as a customer team. Not only that, we're also still waiting to hear who's going to be filling out the very last seat on the grid, the second seat at Alfa Romeo. Uh, obviously, me and Jake spoke about this, I think, in the last episode. It was, yeah, thought, the last episode. Of who we thought was going to be going there. Uh, my pick, uh, Guan Yu Zhou, is 
thought to be in pole position for the seat. Uh, Mark Qinghua was the first ever Chinese driver to drive an F1 car back in 2012 as a test driver for HRT, taking part in a few practice sessions. However, if Zhao was to get the full seat, he would be the first ever Chinese driver to officially take part in the Formula 1 grid. You know, a bit of history in the sport there, Jake. Yeah, it's really surprising. I, I, you know, we've had the Shanghai, Shanghai Grand Prix um, at that circuit there, and we haven't had a Chinese driver yet, which I find just incredible, especially considering the vast population, well, the biggest population in the world of any country. Um, you know, we see it in the Olympics, many, many, many athletes in the Olympics, but no one in motorsport, well, not on the F1 grid per se, ever in the not history. Yet. So, not yet. But um, yeah, I believe when you called it on the last. Uh, last time's podcast, um, looking ahead to the Italian Grand Prix, literally three or four days later, there was sort of really concrete, strong rumours about that coming out. So look at you, little detective, uh, eh? I'll, I'll, do about that? I'll do my bit. Um, <laughs> former McLaren team principal and CEO Martin Whitmarsh is returning to F1 in a new role for Aston Martin. They seem to be poaching a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of names. Time. Money, um, money, money. Indeed. Uh, and he's going to be the CEO of a newly established company, the Aston Martin Performance Technologies. We're going to stick around with former McLaren team principals uh, and also the former team owner, Ron Dennis. He's had his say on this season's titanic battle of Max versus Lewis. And he, surprising to some, has said that he thinks mm. Max will win. Bit of a surprising coin given his relationship with F1 World Champion Lewis Hamilton, whom he brought success with in 2007 and 2008 with the championship in 08. Yeah, I, I always thought that, that, yeah, I saw that earlier in the week and I thought as soon as I saw that, the same thing as you. It was a bit surprising, a bit controversial. Um, but I, I don't think Hamilton and Ron Dennis, they they didn't, they had obviously a great relationship and Ron Dennis gave him his chance. But well, am I right in saying it was a little bit fractious towards the end and... Lewis wanted to go to Mercedes. Was there something around that at the time? I think it's around... They definitely had a few debacles. Yes. Um, I don't think it ended on a great high. Um, no. But then, obviously, Ron Dennis then got ousted from the company anyway. Yeah. So... Um, but Ron was... Dennis did did state his reasons and said that, you know, it, Lewis will claim the championship and is very good at capitalising on mistakes that Red Bull might make. But he says he thinks that Red Bull have the greater package and they're both really equal. So I think he st- he cited the team's performance more than the drivers themselves. Um, Going to look more into the 2022 season now. Uh, Monaco, uh, obviously very traditional Grand Prix, normally mm. held over four days with practice on a Thursday and then all the binges and that going out on a Friday night. Showbiz. Um, <laughs> however, that's going to change from next season. It's going to go back to a three-day, uh, all-weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday approach. First time ever in Monaco, but it's the rest how the rest of the calendar is. Um, and that's basically just, you know, resources. You know, they it's going to be a mm. hectic calendar. And having one less day to worry about is, you know, it's going to give everyone a bit more of a break, which it is, is a real shame because obviously like that was the, you know, the, the, well, it's the crown jewel in the calendar, isn't it? The Monaco, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the one that sh- stood out. Yeah. Um, um, so it's a bit of a shame. And Vettel has come out, I think in, in the press conference at Sochi this weekend and sort of says he doesn't really understand it, but, uh, you know, maybe that's the, uh, the, what's the word? The, superficial side of Vettel coming out you know um, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's uh, another side of Vettel another role he's playing there the uh, 
race calendar, calendar organizer calendar organizer yeah <laughs> <laughs> another one to add to his list um and more, yeah more changes for 2022 chris in the support series f2 and f3 yeah they've announced that they're going to revert back to basically last season's format um this season they tried out uh having an extra sprint race um mainly because with the pandemic and that they just didn't bring along to more races and obviously we had the w series support in more as well so next year they're going to eliminate the three races across a weekend going back to two so it'll only be one sprint race and one feature race um just basically they're going to bring them to more races because they mm-hmm. hope that the pandemic is gonna you know slowly drift and they'll be able to bring them does everyone um, understand that <laughs> uh, staying with this season's F3 though we do have our first champion confirmed uh, during the Russian Grand Prix weekend Norwegian driver Dennis Hauger of the Prima F3 team won the title after finishing second on Friday's moved event they moved it due to the horrendous conditions they predicted for this weekend yep. uh, so they brought the F3 race to Friday evening uh, for the sprint and uh, yeah the horrendous conditions um, which you know has prevented quite a lot of running this this morning um, yeah well, as we're recording this on on Saturday morning of, yes. of the morning of qualifying, they're actually thinking about moving the qualifying to Sunday, the day of the Grand Prix, which has then meant uh, the feeder series, the support series events, or, or, or some of the F two at least, has been has been cancelled. Yes. as far as I'm aware. So yeah, it's really treacherous conditions. But uh, yeah, yeah, Dennis Hauger's still doing well. He did it. Um, obviously, he was in a battle with uh, Jack Doohan, the son of MotoGP world champion Mick Doohan. Mm. Um, but with Jack Doohan not being in the points for the sprint, you know, Dennis Hauger was in second place, didn't need to take any risks to win the race. No. Nope. Uh, and um, yeah, ended up getting a title on, on Friday. So do what you congrats, got to do. Congratulations to him. Dennis Hauger is part of the Red Bull Junior programme. So Yuki Sonoda, better watch out, son. Well, and you could see you could see Dennis Hauger possibly moving up to F2 if Liam Lawson does well in, in the rest of the season as well in F2. Um, you can see there's some progression there, perhaps. Um, Absolutely. Um, moving on to Toto Wolf now, he's had uh, his his say again on the Monza incident we were talking about previously. Yeah, um, he's basically come out and said that Lewis Hamilton will no longer be bailing out of giving up the positions. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've, we've mentioned it before already in this episode, saying that you know Lewis does tend to back out of the positions more. Mm. Not anymore, apparently. So this title fight is now getting very spicy uh, and very serious also. We've got eight, rem- eight, eight races remaining uh, with this Grand Prix coming up tomorrow as a record. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, quite a risky, it's quite a risky strategy, don't you think? As you were about to say, more collisions there. Like, yeah. It could could happen. It's like to go down that road. I mean, it's a tough line to follow, obviously. You know, you, everyone's in it to win it and, and there can yeah. only be one winner, but it's a really risky strategy if Toto is telling Lewis that or if Lewis believes that. Well, I think it's more Lewis telling Toto by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've already had two pretty big collisions between these two. Max mm. scoring nothing in both of them and obviously Lewis winning at Silverstone. Mm. We've got eight races to go. Obviously, Max at the back of the grid, which we won't, we'll give a bit more detail on very much next. Um, you know, we've got seven races after this. I, I can see these two definitely having more beef on the track. <laughs> beef. Getting yeah. the beef out. Savage. So, uh, uh, sticking with Red Bull, uh, obviously, Max uh, will be taking a full engine penalty, uh, something that was very much speculated at Monza. Obviously, Valtteri yeah. did it at Monza. But they're taking it this weekend, along with the free place penalty that he got awarded for the incident. So he's going to be starting 20th and last. 
Max however has been at the back of the grid before in 2018 uh, he started 19th he took an engine penalty then as well and he came home and finished fifth um, and obviously that was in a car that wasn't as strong as it is now so do you think he can go further and even get a podium this weekend providing the race goes ahead oh I mean you know it's um, it's really hard to say but if anyone can do it Max certainly has the capability I mean he he started fairly much back in a previous Russian Grand Prix if I remember rightly and and came through um, uh, as you said uh, to finish fifth uh, last last time out so um, you know evidence is is shown there in previous times he can certainly do it but you know the mid I th- I've seen uh, comments from Verstappen actually um and b- before I thought this as well uh in in the run up to the Sochi Grand Prix and he said that you know midfield is a lot stronger this season um you know like the likes of McLaren and AlphaTauri their sister team even a lot stronger uh and, and Ferrari have really upped their game as well so it's harder to pass uh, those teams rather than sort of fly through the field perhaps like he might have done a bit easier than the last season so um, I still think he can do it but I think there's going to be a really meaty battle when he meets uh, one of the McLarens again if they're on the pace or certainly Bottas of course as a rear gunner uh, finding his form recently Yeah, and we've got a couple more bits of news to bring you, uh, we're going to go stateside now um, the Miami Grand Prix obviously we announced earlier yeah. in the year no, that's, that's Texas, Jake. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, wrong, wrong state. <laughs> uh, Miami Grand Prix, uh, we announced that it is coming to Formula One in 2022. Um, it's now got its place on the calendar, and it will take place much earlier th- in the season than the United States Grand Prix, which is usually hosted in October, which will be going there next month uh, at the Circuit of Americas. And it will be hosted in the very first weekend of May 2022. Austin is still expected to be held in October with its traditional date alongside Mexico. Uh, staying state side now, a bit of news coming from IndyCar. Um, Callum mm. Pilot uh, obviously took part in a test last season with Alfa Romeo at Abu Dhabi. Um, he's now got a seat in IndyCar for next season, so congratulations to Callum Pilot. And also Roman Grosjean, uh, a very good rookie uh, so far this year, had a tremendous drive at the weekend just gone. Um, he's now got a drive with, I believe, Penske, and you're going to be driving yeah. the number 28 car which used to belong to ryan hunter ray so again congratulations to roman for getting yeah, a seat for very this year. Le- legendary uh following the footsteps of of him um I, yeah and just the, he had such a great race at laguna seca which is obviously a, a very um well historic. revered track historic yeah and that very famous um sort Corkscrew. of chicane the, the corkscrew chicane yeah they're going uh, down he made there. an overtake there as well I don't yeah know if you saw it. he did he did like two or three passes there and uh just incredible that he's sort of, you know found his feet and uh is really getting on board with that indy car now so yeah he's really found his form and especially after you know the big instant in bahrain and taking the time to sort of get over that and regain confidence seems to be right back there so it's great to see um with people give him a lot of hard time sometimes in the past in, in f1 um sometimes rightly but other times you know a bit too much so it's great to see him being all successful now too yeah yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and uh, on the Callum Eilot situation, you know, he was rumoured as one of the alpha seats, wasn't he? But didn't look like he came off maybe a bit too early for him. But we could certainly see perhaps him moving across in the next year or two, maybe advised to, you know, get some experience in IndyCar, which is now seeing more and more F1 drivers or former F1 drivers racing in the series. So not a bad thing at all and a different kind of experience for sure. Um, right. That's all the news and goss. Shall we look ahead to Sochi? Let's do it.
So we finally arrived to the weekend of where we're racing, Sochi. You know, we've had a couple of practice sessions already and Mercedes are looking blisteringly quick. With Red Bull not far behind them. Mm. Certainly Bottas, uh, as we were alluding to that meme earlier, looking, uh, someone's put the Sochi practice order behind him and he's looking back and he's like, yeah, that's good. Um, I'm on top of Ken um, looking, hopefully Bottas can carry on that form and uh, in the past Russia has been one of Bottas's better tracks yeah it's definitely it's obviously where he got his first ever race win uh, back in 2017 about time he said I believe at, at, at that point and yeah well, there were some thoughts around the Grand Prix that, that we could be affected by the rain with certainly the feeder races have been affected but uh, qualifying that we're, we're recording this at the time of qualifying it's just got underway so hopefully we're on for um uh, well, it's going to be a wet qualifying for sure. Uh, so the sun has come out, but still a wet track. Um, but looking like a possible possible dry race for tomorrow. So I think anything can happen. Great chances for Max to get through the field. Um, and of course, I think Hamilton and Bottas, of course, are up there. Do you think McLaren can carry on their form? Or do you think Monza was a bit of a, a stroke of luck for them, a stroke of good fortune as well? I mean... Sochi is very much a, a power dependent track it's a lot of mm. fast corners a lot of, of straights um, which obviously benefited the McLarens last time out in in Monza so I think you know they could get a decent result well, I don't think they'll be as strong as they were at Monza um, I think Mercedes will have a point they need to prove to everybody um, yeah. and obviously Max will be coming through the field and he's not going to be wanting to be held up by two papayas no uh, no not at all but I feel like they can get a good result, that's for sure. Uh, who else do you think can pick up a good result here? What about the Alpines, Alpha Tauris, the likes of them? Um, I mean, Mazepin, could he do anything? <laughs> I mean, well, so far we've had Hamilton win the British Grand Prix. We've had Max win the Dutch Grand Prix. <laughs> Where's we've this had going? Daniel Ricciardo have <laughs> half Italian in, in him win the Italian <laughs> Grand Prix. I mean, it's only right that we have Nikita Mazepin win the Russian Grand Prix. <laughs> Um, maybe God, in the what, year 2022. Can, can we hang on? Wait, wait. Can we just check the? Can we check the odds on that? Um, Mazepin oh, to win Russian Grand Prix odds. Uh, betting odds for the 2021 Grand Prix. Who's going to win? So looking at the odds, uh, Chris, I feel like you found a more reliable source than I have. Um, 500 to 1 for Maspin to get pole, so probably very similar for a race win. So very unlikely. It's, it's the highest odds along with Nick Schumacher. <laughs> um, but you know, again, he got the fastest lap in Spa. I know all in very strange circumstances, but you know... You never know, is what we're saying, but very unlikely. Um, but yeah, do you think McLaren uh, McLaren can do a bit more? Alpha Tauri, Alpine, in with a chance? Um, I mean, we've seen Alpine in wet conditions do very well, so mm. I don't see why they couldn't um, do good this weekend. Um, but, you know, it's going to be, in qualifying in particular, driver that can get around the quickest but also without risking losing their car. Mm. Um, obviously, we saw in Spa, Lando, I mean, destroying his car. Yeah, losing it at Eau Rouge. And uh, we've also seen this weekend in practice, Pierre Gasly losing his front wing Yeah, um, so quite easily. So, yeah. 
the last thing you want to do is have any kind of damage in qualifying. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's you know very much damage limitations, especially for the big boys. So who are we thinking for pole then, Chris? Come on, let's let, let's round this off. Who who are we thinking? I don't think you can really bet against Valtteri Bottas. I was thinking the same. Yeah. Just just for the fact that you know he got his first ever race victory here. Yeah. He um, last year obviously he he won the Grand Prix, um, and then came back at his haters, um, to whom it may concern. <laughs> uh, Insert here. Yeah, it he, it seems to be the track that comes to him more you know it's, it's mm-hmm. as close as, as he's going to get to a home Grand Prix as well being in Finland um, so yeah it's probably where he feels most at home yeah and do you could you could you see him if he was on pole very much like can see him converting a win couldn't we really potentially it depends on where Lewis ends up yes very true Lewis obviously in the mix and Max Verstappen we can't discount him might only be and not up there in practice, but you don't know if they're running their engine lower, whatever, yeah, uh, any I mean, updates they're trying. Um, I feel like with yeah. Max, they're gonna, they're probably going to start on like the hard tyre. Yeah. Get him to go long, hope for a safety car, put on mediums, go to the end. That's probably yeah. Red, Red Bull's strategy is at the minute. All right, so you're thinking, we're both thinking pole for Bottas. That's what yes. we've agreed. Okay. Bottas on pole. When it comes to the race, Chris, of course, it's a very different kettle of fish half the time. Uh, what are we thinking with the race order? I feel Mercedes got to play a team game. Um, I think if Lewis ever qualifies, if he qualifies on pole, I think he'll be fine. If qualifies second, I feel team orders are going to come into play and I feel Valtteri will give up the position. Um, so I feel Hamilton will win the Grand Prix if he can get a clean start. Mm. Hmm. I feel in terms Bottas, he's got the pace. Um, I feel he'll come second. Yeah. And I feel like he's going to come through the field, so I'm going to go Max for third. Max for third. Yeah. Okay. Bot the... Yeah, because we can even if Bottas is out in lead, can we can see him giving up the place for Hamilton because he needs the points yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, I'm not sure about this but I'm I would say Gasly in third instead of Verstappen however if it comes to a Red Bull you know move out the way kind of situation then I feel like I don't think you will just for the fact it's different teams yeah, but they're sister teams, so I don't feel... I, I, yeah. Otherwise, I'd say Gasly in third. Yeah, I don't think Verstappen yeah, can make seen, that much headway. Yeah, but you've seen Gasly and Perez battle this year. Yeah, that's true. So, okay, I, I'm sticking with Hamilton, Bottas and Gasly. That's my bold prediction this, this week. Oh, my friend Kaylee's not going to like you. Why? She's Max lover. Oh, really? Oh, well... Um, yeah, I just think I just think that's a lot of work to do. It's a I'll lot. Of, a, at least saying that. <laughs> that's a lot to do. Um, yeah, but he's in the car to do it. Yeah, that's very true. With a new um, engine. Yes, and has that advantage. Although Bottas has a new engine, Hamilton hasn't taken a new engine. If I'm right in saying at the moment, has he? No, I think from no. what I heard, Mercedes is going to try and risk it. Hmm. So we could be seeing a oh no um, moment like it was in Hungary. A few years ago, when the engine Hungry. caught fire in the pit lane, or 
who knows what's going to happen. Well, those are our predictions for this weekend's Sochi Grand Prix. We'll be back next time when we'll be in Turkey. We were going to be there, then we weren't, and now we are again. And last time out last year, when we went to Turkey, we saw Hamilton claim his seventh world title. Of course, we'll have to wait a little bit longer to see what happens with the World Championship this time. But I'm sure if it's anything like last season's race, it's going to be very, very exciting. So thanks very much for listening to this episode of Around the Outside. It's been me, Jake Peach. And me, Chris Moss. We'll see you very soon. Take care.